Hey everybody, this is John. Before we get to my conversation with Rachel, I just want to remind you to check out the audio for the YLT Northeast Conference. The RYM staff had a blast up there in Paradise, Pennsylvania, getting to some meet, meet some youth workers uh, from around the United States and also hearing from Duffy Robbins, Walt Mueller, Scotty Smith, and Julie Lowe. Uh, be sure to check out their audio, which should be up on the website soon. I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. And here's my conversation with Rachel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Uh, today, we will be speaking with Rachel Kane. Rachel, welcome. Hey, John. I'm glad you're you're making time, especially as I just found out Rachel's going to be leaving for Africa very soon. So um, it's very kind of you uh, to be able to to make some time to come on on the podcast. But um, Rachel serves as the junior high youth director for Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Did I get the title right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, yeah, because yes. I, I mess those up often. Um, so I'm glad I got that. Yeah. Uh, but for those who listen, uh, you may remember uh, Cameron Cole, who came on the podcast, uh, episodes, let's say 241 through 245. That's when we were doing kind of the daily format, and this season three we switched to a longer uh, format. But Cameron works alongside uh, Rachel at Cathedral Church of the Advent. Um, and he, he's, what, pastor to youth and families, something like that? There. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Children, youth, and families. All right. And so Rachel and I, we actually met in Birmingham. I, I think I was getting lunch with Cameron one day. And so Rachel and I met, but then Rachel was also at youth leader training uh, this past January in Nashville. And so we kind of reconnected there. And uh, yeah, so anyway, thought it'd be good to have Rachel on the podcast. Um, so Rachel, as you know, we, we've been hearing people's stories on season three, and it's been really interesting for me. Um, I had some people just kind of share that idea. Hey, why don't we just hear people's stories? And it's been great to just hear how the Lord works in people's lives and to see, you know, how his providences are kind of woven and how, how we have points of connection uh, with uh, different people's stories. So uh, looking forward to hearing your story today. Um mm-hmm. So why, why don't you just begin by telling us, you know, where you grew up and uh, how you came uh, to know the Lord? Awesome. Yes. So I grew up in a Christian home. My dad is a pastor, and so I've got that classic, you know, PK um, mm-hmm. part to you know my story. Mm-hmm. And I grew up most of my childhood in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at Trinity Pres, and I. Just think from a young age, I started to understand, you know, who God was and and all these different things. But around the age of 10 years old was probably when I kind of understood, okay, this is something that I kind of want to, you know, understand and learn about. And that this is, I don't want to just ride on my parents' coattails. But really, I feel like that just my story is just, it's a story of, of God's faithfulness and in my life. And so kind of ever since that, you know, 10 year old age is, is when it was just slow and steady growth. And so, I mean, through all different things, the Lord really grew my faith, whether it was at camp or RYM for, for five summers and, you know, youth ministry, um, mentors and, and, you know, really godly, awesome parents. And so that's kind of, I don't have one of those, this is the moment kind of stories, but also just that 
step by step, the Lord has really been so faithful just to draw me to himself. So that's a little bit about, yeah. about me. Yeah. And I didn't realize you, you were a, a PK, you know, the, uh, yes. the pastor's kid. And so we could, we could have an entire podcast probably just, oh, just sure. uh, talking about um, that. And yeah, how, do you have any siblings? I do. So I am the third of four. So three girls and then a um, baby boy. So Uh kind of bigger, bigger family for sure. Yeah. And you saying you grew up in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's kind of like you've got to ask the question, okay, are you Crimson Tide or War Eagle? I mean, (laughs) I kind of think. Roll Tide all the way, went to Alabama, got a, but that was when we moved there about like, you know, two days in, they said, okay, you've got to choose. And so that was part of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that question just has to be asked for, for sure. And yeah. I know that's working alongside Cameron. You kind of don't have a choice, I think. <laughs> I know. Maybe that's why I, I was hired. You yeah. Know? That's probably why. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, that's great. Well, well, look, so, okay. You were, you, you grew up in the church or your, your father as a pastor, still a pastor today? Is that yes. It? Yes. Okay. Um, so, most likely very involved in, in, in the church. Uh, so looking back kind of in the, you know, growing up in the church, um, what kind of a kid were you or child were you, you know, back in, you know, early years of, of church as well as a uh, youth group? Definitely. So I was, so as I said earlier, you know, being the uh, pastor's kid, I kind of had to to be there, you know, whether I liked that or not. And really, I feel like I, stepped into that and was just like, this is, this is what, you know, I've got to be at church. I've got to be at youth group. And, and I ended up really liking it, I think. And so I was the very involved student and later in high school kind of volunteered to be a student leader and tried to, um, you know, bring other kids to youth group and friends from outside. And so even when, you know, during the ups and downs of our youth ministry, uh, I definitely um, tried to, I guess, you know, stay faithful, even if there were not very many girls and different things like that. But I was um, so very involved, even though I didn't have any really choice in that, but then later on grew into that and really, really liked it. Um, and, but yes, like being the pastor's kid has, you know, ups and downs where you're, you're sharing your family with the whole church mm-hmm. And that was, you know, I, I now looking back, I was like, man, I was such a selfish kid where I was like, these, you know, like these are my parents and my siblings, but, but really what a blessing to get to be part of, of the Lord's ministry there in um, Tuscaloosa and throughout, you know, our different moves. Um, And so I think I was really, really thankful for that opportunity to grow up in church and, be really close to, to, you know, see what ministry is like and um, go on different mission trips and just do different service things, even with the uh, church. And so I think that that's also kind of when seeing youth ministry, kind of the ups and downs of even the uh, staff and that there was a lack of, of females kind of in youth ministry in our church for sure. And said that was, there was just a lot of turnover and no consistency. So I kind of saw that as a need from a younger age for sure. Wow. And and so too, did you, are you, did you grow up in the same church or did y'all move around? And as oftentimes pastors can move around a good bit. So we did move around before Tesla's like multiple times, kind of all throughout the Southeast. Um, but that was our, 
where I would say like I kind of grew up for about 10 years. Um, so that's, but then he, you know, we've moved to Atlanta, Memphis. Now they're in Gadsden. So kind of okay. all over. Okay. Um, yeah. so. And so, yeah, going back to just a, a statement you made of kind of the 10 years old is when you kind of sort of think, okay, <laughs> owning your faith a little bit and, um, some of that, again, the expectations of the, you know, PK, um, what, what was it about that age? Did, did something kind of happen? Did you have a conversation? Um, what was it that where you started to begin to think, okay, I want to own my faith. Okay. What is it that I truly believe a little bit more? Yes. So I remember after I think a Wednesday night dinner, I was, you know, my parents were either putting me to bed or something. And I just was like, I have a lot of questions. And I remember, you know, being like, I kind of understanding that I am a sinner for the, you know, the first time, the like gravity of like, wow, I really sin. And I kind of keep asking Jesus into my heart, you know, do I keep on doing this? Because I keep on sinning, you know, and so having that conversation, but, you know, hearing, that this is a one-time conversation that and, and prayer that I can, you know, ask the Lord to really be my savior. And that, and, and I think too, I just could tell that this was, was real and that the Lord really was stirring in my heart at that, that time. So it started with a conversation and probably, probably lots of conversations that I don't fully re, you know remember with my parents. Um, but, and then I think through so that, and then part of, of my story as well, is right after that, I, I actually started to um, have a speech impediment and started to stutter mm-hmm. a lot, which, and if you know anything about stuttering, mm-hmm. normally mm-hmm. it'll taper around adolescence, but for me, it started then, and so it was just really weird. We went to so many different people to uh, help, and then finally went to a stuttering specialist, and it was one of those things that I really think that that kind of started happening around the age of 11. And so it was, it's very interesting looking back that this, you know, 10 year old Rachel that was, you know, learning to love Jesus. And then this really hard thing happened. And I think through that, I really just saw that the Lord is good in the, in the hard times and in the really good times. And I think that the the Lord just gave me that as a total gift. And he actually gave, just showed me that it was a, you know, gift and not a, a hindrance. And that ever since then, it's just like, we, I'm so reliant on the Lord for every little thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that through that period of my life, it just really grew, grew my faith. And just, I had to lean so heavily on Christ for every word that I spoke. And then, you know, now just every breath that I take. And so that really was a vital time in growing me in my walk with the Lord. That's yeah, so interesting, and just yeah, to hear you give that testimony now, um, because I mean, you're you're in junior high ministry. I've been in yes. student ministry. Uh, teenagers can be brutal, and so just thinking, okay, that okay, you you were ten. How how long did this go on? And I mean, how did your peers? interact with you? I mean, were people mocking? Were they mean? Were they kind? All the above. Can you talk a little bit about that? For sure. So the, the peers, it was very, the Lord was very sweet. I really never had people make fun of me or different things, but that has hit me recently where I was like, wow, these students that I'm talking to right now, like this was me, you know, at this hard stage in my life. Um, and it, the stuttering really lasted the 
harder part of it until I was about 13. And so then it just kind of tapered off. And I mean, I will still stutter when I'm really tired today, but I think, and the average person does stutter or stammer just in our, in our, you know, regular everyday speech. Mm -hmm. But, um, so that's kind of how long that lasted, that little season of being super, you know, reliant on, you know, on the Lord for every word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and too, just you talking about your youth group experience and and even kind of some of the leadership that you, you took. And and of course, being a child of a pastor, um, you know, you're thinking about ministry more than maybe the average, you know, student, but, but when was the first time that you really considered, Mm -hmm. okay, look, I'd like to go into full-time ministry or, you know, maybe this could be uh, something I do post-college or whatever. Definitely. So I, think so yes like you said growing up in ministry seeing the church you know, kind of our family did life in ministry so i kind of saw that firsthand i but i do think around high school heading into college was when that really started to hit me because i think as i was navigating what college to go to what major should i you know study all these different kind of questions came to mind and I really think that, that that is when the Lord just kind of deepened this desire to serve people and to do ministry. And so I didn't really know what capacity that would be in. And so, but that was definitely played a big role in my decision-making when I, so I went to, or was thought my, you know, junior year self was like, oh, I should probably go to a smaller Christian school. And was looking at you know all these different places and then um, so thought I was going to Sanford basically and then the like Lord very sweetly kind of you know showed me hey I think that I want you to go to Alabama and so I was like okay this is my hometown I was first off too proud for that I was like no everyone does that I don't want thirteenth grade thank you <laughs> but I really think that that was also really vital in kind of learning to be in the world, but not of the world and to, you know, do life in ministry, even just in, you know, in college. And then I decided to, to major in family studies um, and then minor in, in speech path, just that those things in order to help people. I was like, you know, I'm at a big state school. What, what major here would help me in ministry? And, it, you know, that that's, they don't have a biblical studies, um, you know, in ministry major, but the Lord really used all of those different things to kind of form me and just continue to just draw my heart to do ministry. And so I think from, from high school and then, you know, college. And then also I think all of my summers during college too, from doing, I was a camp counselor, um, did uh, the East Asia summer project with crew and then a youth internship after that. And so then so that really was a big part in seeing different parts of ministry and different age groups that really drew my heart. Um, so, and then even upon graduation at Alabama, I was really praying, Lord, I just don't know where you want me to go. Is that overseas? Is it stateside? Is it college? Is it youth ministry? Like, I really don't know. And so kind of putting all those different things out there, I really liked a lot of it. And the Lord uh, made it clear that I should go to East Asia. So I went on stint for one year with, with crew. 
And that was probably one of the most, you know, transformative years of my life. And then, and then after that, he led me to, you know, not do a parachurch and now work in a church full time doing, you know, junior high ministry. So anyway, that's a little bit of kind of, or the longer version of, you know, answering that question. Yeah, that, so. That's great. And can you, can you talk just a little bit about your camp experience as well as just maybe just yes. a little bit about uh, career? I know, again, we could spend an entire podcast just on an entire year in East Asia and what the Lord taught you, but maybe just a little bit about, okay, where did you do camp and uh, then also yes. crew? Totally. Yes. So I was a camp counselor at Camp Vesper Point and that was, so, you know, as you probably know, camp, you are literally on 24-7 and you, um, it's just a blast. But also, I feel like stepping into that, like, okay, Lord, I'm really weak and tired and I'm supposed to be, you know, kind of parenting these, this cabin full of, you know, 10 nine-year-olds. And so, just crazy. And so, that was, I feel like I learned so much about I don't know myself and also the Lord and just it's okay to be really weak and um and then also that kind of that 10 year olds to like 15 year olds are really really fun they're also goofy and I think that's I like loved that time at camp for sure and so that was a little bit about my camp experience and then with East Asia stint. Um, so I was doing more college ministry there and that, that was our visa. We, um, took language classes and I think that's also when I very much grew in learning how to evangelize and disciple people who really haven't heard of, of Jesus and haven't heard of the gospel, don't know how to pray. Um, so coming from my very church background and very Christian oriented world to this unreached area kind of is just it was so challenging but also the coolest thing to really get to you know say hey I'm Rachel I'm here studying English want to be friends and then that you know friendship leads to more conversations and then um, answering questions about faith and about you know who is this this Jesus that you know you actually seem to know personally and why is that so important and then just seeing girls come to know the Lord for the first time and then getting to actually, you know, teach them, okay, how do I read this book of the Bible or this, the, you know, this whole Bible, what, you know, where do I even start? How do I pray? Like, does God hear me? You know, so really having to answer really basic, but also kind of hard questions was so awesome. And I really think God grew my heart for just his kingdom and and his world so much like I would have never chosen East Asia but it is just so funny how that is a theme in my story like I was like no to Alabama no to the Greek system and no to like you know East Asia but he's like yes this is what <laughs> you know my plan is and it's better so um so that's a little bit about stint yeah. and yeah, that's all, such an awesome experience. I mean, just as you're saying, you grew up in the church, you knew all of the the language, you know, the Christianese, as, as people say, oh. to, to be thrown into a culture and just an environment where 
Okay, we've got to find some some points of connection here. Um, yeah, that that no doubt sharpened you. Um, and, and so, look, I did want to go back a little bit, just thinking of, of you being a, a pastor's kid, and I'm not just going to continue to, to bang on this drum. Uh, but uh, you know, I was curious. I was um, in church at I served in a church, Pear Orchard Prez, for over 12 years, and um, I was in the student ministry, and I would preach on occasion, um, not all the time, but uh, when I did. My my kids loved it. I you know I had five children and so uh, you know we, we would have two to three in uh, you know the quote unquote big church and they just got so excited when daddy would you know preach and if I used them as a sermon illustration they loved it. Uh, yes. but, but I know not every uh, child wants that and some pastors try to be cautious of not just you know having a, a story about their their child in the pulpit but. What was your father's thinking on that? Did he use you as a lot of sermon illustrations? Did you like that or not? What What are some some comments on that? Oh, that's a great question. I love that one. So, I so first off, there's so many different different thoughts here, but that so my dad definitely would use us as you know sermon illustrations. Um, and at one point, my younger brother was like, "Hey, dad, like you didn't ask me." And so then from there was a, a certain season where if my dad, you know, used us in a sermon, he would like pay us a dollar or something because, you know, <laughs> like you're, you know, you're using our stories. But I think it was definitely can there, there were harder moments of when my dad's, you know, preaching and then he's like, well, I was, you know, disciplining my um, child the other day, my daughter. <laughs> my third child. And so then, then my face is just bright red and I'm on the second row, like, okay, just, you know, stare straight at me and hear how sinful I am, you know? Um, so there were times like that that definitely were hard. And then, but then if he's talking about like, oh, how great I did at something, I'm like, oh, then I probably loved it. You know, just the whole selfish sinfulness comes out even with your, your own father's sermon illustrations. Um, but one way that I like to put it is that being a pastor's kid sometimes felt like living in a glass house. And sometimes it's really fun and awesome to be so known and and loved. But then sometimes it feels like this is, you know, kind of you're also seeing my dirt and the really hard things and that I don't love to share and that, you know, all of these things kind of come out. And I think also the just being egocentric, and that flowing on into these middle school, high school stages while I was still at home, that definitely came out where it was hard, but also great at the, you know, the same time. Um, so I've always talked about that. I would love to write a article or book on, you know, being a pastor's kid and like just kind of how that feels to be in a glass house. And I think, um, so I really loved it. I, I also had hard moments where, it felt a little too personal, maybe. Um, so I don't know if that answers your no, question. Ab- absolutely. And it's good. I mean, I think every parent uh, is concerned they're, you know, screwing up their children in, in some way. And so to see you grown up and kind of laughing about the sermon illustration thing, that gives me hope that as I've <laughs> as I've used my children as sermon illustrations at times that, uh, okay, hopefully I'm not messing up too bad. So anyway, it, it's it's good to hear that perspective. And I, and I do remember... Um, Barnabas Piper actually wrote a book. I think it's just the pastor's mm-hmm. kid and just reflecting mm-hmm. on 
you know, being John Piper's son. And um, it's been years since I've read that, um, but I do know that's one that's out there um, that can be helpful. Um, and for sure, you'd give some good perspective on that. Um, you know, something we, we often ask people on this is just kind of uh, after they serve in ministry and get behind the scenes, uh, just how that kind of, you know, changes their perspective on growing up in the church and all those that have been involved. And so I, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit, but then also, you know, there's a sense in which, I mean, you were kind of getting to see some of the behind the scenes your whole life. I mean, you saw church in a different light than, than most people. And so just thinking of how that's kind of served you today as you're, you know, now on staff at a church. So could you talk about that just a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so can I just talk about my thoughts on, will you repeat your question? Yes, yes. Sorry. I, well, I, I ramble a lot. And so, no, <laughs> so I guess the, the first part of, you know, that now that you're, you know, in full-time ministry and you're, you're kind of doing things more behind the scenes or you see the behind the scenes of the church, yes. just kind of thinking back to those who, who played a role in your life and those who mentored you and uh, kind of spoke into your life. How has that helped you kind of appreciate them and kind of what would you like to, uh, what would you like to say to those, you know, people that invested in your life? Definitely. So I think, you know, first off, thank you to all of those who invested <laughs> in my life. And I think to just being behind the scenes and kind of seeing the the church and, and being part of a church staff is really eye opening to see, you know, how hard people really are working and that people are being intentional with the every little detail, you know, that it's um, every event or I don't know. And so just seeing those things has been very eye opening now that I'm in a job. And, and yes, I definitely knew that a lot of that was already going on just from being a pastor's kid. But then I don't know, I feel like that I would just share with, you know, congregants and just different people in a church to really love and, uh, you know, cherish and appreciate your, your pastors and staff. Um, cause I think as a pastor's kid, that's one of my favorite things ever is, is wherever my dad's serving when, when they love my parents, well, that just means the world. And, um, cause I think that that's just, it's, it's a very, when you are a, you know, senior pastor or really any pastor, it can feel like you're the uh, quarterback and so everything good is, you know, it's like a great look on, on you, but then also when it goes poorly, that's also on you. So I feel like I, I you know, I've seen that kind of play out before. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would just say that that's one thing I would love to, uh, to share. And I just think for youth ministers in particular, that this job can kind of be a, a thankless job that it's just like, you know, go and hang out with the like youth and, you know, we'll pay you some and thanks so much. And like, you know, see you later, kind of. And so um, just for parents and, and I think also other staff people and other pastors to appreciate the, the youth staff as a vital, vital part in. um, So, and just, it's, I don't know, just to create a staff culture and a church culture where, you know, youth ministry isn't just off past the, you know, parking lot and the like, you know, in the like youth house, but it's really part of the whole entire church ministry and it's just intergenerational. Um, so, and I, and I do think having a healthy staff culture of like rest and expectations and that that can also really help with, with those types of things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like 
being in full-time ministry now really has been eye-opening to to kind of see those things deeper, see the behind the the scenes, see, you know, what really goes into like teaching. I now have such an appreciation and still a critical ear to sermons and to different things. But I do think it just gives you a, a joy and also a love for people who really are working hard in ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, yeah, speaking specifically about youth ministry, and, and remind me, did you end up at uh, Cathedral Church of the Advent right after East Asia? Is that where you I started? Did. Okay. Yes, that's and, correct. And you've been there how long now? I've been there almost two years. Okay. All right. And so, so what is it, what do you enjoy about youth ministry? What was it, you know, about this specific area of the kingdom that, that you were, were drawn to? So I think I, on my, you know, return back from East Asia, I knew that I really wanted to work in the local church. And as I was just reading scripture, I was just like, I really feel like that God uses the local church to expand his kingdom. And I really want to be part of that. And so it kind of made sense that my next step might be youth ministry. And I didn't necessarily think junior high, but he (laughs) opened that, that door and I had a desire to grow, you know, in my personal development, just spiritually, mentally, emotionally, theologically, and, you know, and also professionally. And so I kind of knew that the Advent would, would do that with, with Cameron's help and everything. And, you know, obviously the Lord, um, and just, I really, I think through seeing my own time in youth ministry and being at camp, all these different things, seeing that there is a need for youth workers, I saw that, that need and, and just that I, through also going to East Asia, learning to just love opening up the word and teaching people how to read the Bible, how to grow in their walk. And that, that that's really the, you know, the uh, sweetest thing that you can teach a younger person is how to be a, you know, self feeder and then also how to then multiply other people. And so that was something I was so excited about in this job. And also with, with junior high, you can be super goofy and fun. <laughs> and, and so that's also what really, really drew me to, you know, this current role and that we're just, we're feeding this next generation um, and mobilizing students to be healthy high school students and then, you know, healthy self-feeding Christians in the future. So I think I've learned a lot about just the, you know, we call it like the four or, or five E's, but just to engage, uh, evangelize, establish and equip students to be exported into the world. And so kind of praying to like that. And, and I love, and um, I think it's revelation seven, nine. Um, and just that my, you know, aim in life is for the, for that to be a like louder song, um, same but you know, before the like lamb that salvation belongs to our God um, who, you know, sits on the throne. And so just really, living out the great commission every single day. Um, and I think one thing that has been so present on my heart recently is, was actually from YLT, um, conference when Sandy Wilson said, is, is your life the best answer to the great commission? And that hit him. He, he said that the like very first night, first talk, 
And that was what was just like percolating throughout the whole week and even now. And so I think, um, so that also just fuels the fire for being in ministry and just wanting, um, to expand God's kingdom and to, you know, reach the whole world. And so I think that's why I'm drawn to this job and just ministry in general is wanting to, um, just grow God's kingdom and be faithful where he's placed me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And and I like asking this question because I do think, I mean, I know oftentimes in ministry, um, it can be a challenge. And so we can get very cynical and we can get hardened. And so to actually stop and reflect, okay, what are the joys of this aspect of, of ministry? We begin to realize, you know, what an awesome opportunity this is. I mean, everything you're saying of just, teaching junior hires how to read the Bible on their own and, and to begin to, to then reach out to others and how can we equip them to go out into the kingdom. I mean, what an amazing opportunity. I mean, it's just, you know, exciting as you're talking about that and, and thinking about all of that. And I mean, as you referenced Sandy Wilson, you know, I will as well. I think it was his, his last talk maybe of just mm-hmm. joy in ministry. And I mean, it was kind of like everybody, I think, was ready just to run out of there and go, you know, do youth ministry. Um, but yeah, it's such an awesome, encouraging uh, talk that he gave. And yeah, encouraging others to, to you know, go to rym.org um, slash training. You'll see the links to his talks up there. Um, but be sure to yeah check those out. Very, very good. Um, well, uh, yeah, going to maybe the other end uh, of the spectrum, um, we know there's difficulties in ministry. And so uh, what have been kind of s- some of those difficult aspects of ministry uh, that you've gone through? But then also, what, you know, what has God taught you in the midst of that? Um, because we know even as Christians, it, it can be hard to talk about those discouragements, but we know that God loves to use that um, as a teaching tool. And he does it not because he's cruel, but because he's loving. So what are some of those lessons? There are, you know, so many lessons. Uh, I think one of the first ones, and I kind of shared this at um, how T sort of is just that in youth ministry, it's just so not about the numbers, even though in our flesh, we so want to have a quote unquote fruitful ministry in what, what we think the definition of, you know, fruitful is. Mm. Um, but it's just being faithful to where the Lord has placed you. And, and so I think that that was a harder lesson. So I think when I very first started, I was like, okay, this is on me. I've got to do this. But I'm like, whoa, 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 pause. Like that's me not believing in the gospel of grace. And so I think that those have been challenging moments when my flesh kind of, you know, starts to, to flood in and I, you know, am not believing in the gospel, um, and so it's kind of like I need to put on daily, daily, you know, gospel lenses to like see life and see ministry in the way that God would have me. And I think to just uh, kind of, I feel like everyone in ministry feels their their neediness really, really deeply at certain points. And so I think that the Lord continues to sweetly and kindly show me how weak and needy and broken that I really am. And so it's that Second Corinthians twelve nine verse that his power is made perfect in our weakness and that we can boast in in that. Um and so I think I I feel that so often and it is so I'm so thankful for when I do because I do think that the challenging aspects and um and most dis, like just difficult aspects in ministry can be when I try to 
to do this ministry on my own. And it is just so, this isn't my ministry. This isn't, you know, these aren't my junior high kids. They're the Lord's. And so when I'm, you know, super tired and, you know, unprepared for a Bible study or something, it has been the coolest thing just to see the Lord at work when I'm, you know, when I, my best self might not be there, but that he is so at work in spite of me, um, praise the Lord. And so, and then I think the other, I kind of shared a little bit of this earlier, but the, the difficult aspects for my heart are when I kind of push back and I'm like, Oh no, I'm not sure about that. And so I think throughout my whole life, like I have done that where I so want to follow Christ and want to love what he loves, hate what he hates and serve him. Um, and so even from the time I was in college, I was non-Greek and then decided to go go Greek and then was like, kind of like, oh, I don't think if I went to East Asia, that's not my part of the world. I speak Spanish. So let, like push back on that. And then coming back from East Asia, the, the Lord brought me to Mountain Brook, Alabama. Like that is just crazy. So I think it has been the coolest thing in the midst of those challenges just to see that I really have lost my heart to just different parts of the world in different places and that the Lord really has given me so much grace for just loving the people that he has placed in, in front of me. So I I think overall, probably the biggest um, obstacle in ministry is probably myself. Like I think that that's just um, one of the, the more challenging parts is just understanding the gospel and just resting in whose I am in Christ. Mm, no, so. Yeah, so, so much good stuff there. And I mean, it, yeah, it seems like sometimes, you know, there are times when, when I was, you know, doing ministry in the local church and thinking, I think the only reason the Lord has me here is to work on me, <laughs> that I think that I'm the one who's here doing all this ministry, but it's all these people that are actually, the Lord is using using to, you know, expose my sins, to um, show my weakness, all of this. And so, yeah, hearing, uh, yeah, just how the Lord works through weakness is, is so vitally important for us to embrace and us to, to know because so often we think, okay, if God would just fix this one thing, then I can kind of go on and start start doing ministry. But it's often that one thing that's keeping us clinging to Him, and it's that one thing that He's going to work through because He wants to show, you know, His power is made perfect in weakness. So, Again, yeah, just a lot of good um, thoughts there. Uh, Rachel, in the first season, we, we've got people to talk a lot about uh, ministering uh, to parents because we know that parents are a part of uh, youth ministry. Uh, and so we know it can be a challenge, you know, to come alongside parents, uh, but it can also be an encouragement. So so talk to us just a little bit about some of the challenges of ministering alongside parents as well as some of the joys. So, yes, as we know youth ministry is really family ministry. And so I think some of the challenges can just be simple things like just scheduling and, you know, different views or idols of materialism or different, you know, cultural idols and, or family idols. Um, so kind of getting to, to see those, but also when that kind of I guess rubs where, you know, what the like youth ministry is doing that that can sometimes be difficult. Um, and I think also some, a harder thing sometimes for me is hearing from students when I'm in one-on-ones or just talking to them, if it's in Bible study about how some of them really are having a harder time 
with their parents of navigating, you know, for, for me on my end, navigating how to, you know, give them wisdom and how to listen to their, their parents and how to obey them well. And even this morning, a student asked me at Bible study, just, you know, we're trying to figure out what I'm doing next, if I'm doing dance or not dance. And it feels like a really big decision. And I keep kind of fighting with my mom about that. And so, but I think, so just really trusting that the Lord, you know, can speak through me in those moments. Um, but that that can be a total challenge to navigate, like your parents really love you. And it can just hearing both sides of it, I think, but kind of being that person that thankfully some of them are sharing these harder things to, it can be a little bit challenging. And, but I think also some of the joys are when I, I have loved when some parents or moms will call me and say, Hey, this really hard thing happened at school. And um, that's, you know, some inappropriate things going on with like media. How do I interact and talk to my child about this? And that's, that's when I very much feel I am inadequate for sure <laughs> to talk to parents about parenting when I am not one. But I think that those are the joys. And I love even getting, I don't know, text messages from moms that are like, hey, would you mind texting my daughter? And just she's having a, a hard week. And so kind of getting to do family ministry and even encourage some of the um, moms. I didn't think that that would be part of my job when I first started, but that for sure is a joy. It also is, is a challenge just not being a parent and trying to, to share and impart wisdom to them um, about, you know, their stage of life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And and that's, and that is a, you know, a great place to be at the same time, because I, you know, I agree. I mean, there, there were so many of those moments where, excuse me, parents would, you know, ask advice on this or whatever. And I'm thinking, yeah, who am I to tell you anything? Because, um, you know, you're so far along, so much further along than than I am. And, you know, it makes me think back to um, a quote I've said a lot, and I think it was from Walt Mueller, who said, you know, I used to be the perfect parent, and then I had children. Um, So it's, it's good to it's good to have that, um, yeah, level of humility and just realize, okay, wow, this is humbling that this parents ask me that. And, um, but it, but it's also, it's a beautiful thing and just illustrates the beauty of the church, uh, body and, and coming together, uh, to, you know, pass the faith on to the next generation. So, um, yeah, that's encouraging to, to think about that. Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me, Rachel. Um, uh, I know none of us know the, the future, uh, but but do you have any idea how, how long you want to serve in youth ministry? And I know this isn't, you know, an announcement you're making on this podcast of, hey, I'm leaving youth ministry. And so we're not nailing you down to a, to a date. But do you have that kind of mindset of, you know, I, I would love to do youth ministry for the rest of my life? Or are you thinking, you know what, I could see myself five, 10 years from now doing this area of ministry? What What, what are your thoughts there? So I would say I am, I try to live, you know, every year with my hands wide open to be like, okay, Lord, like, what do you have for me now? Because I can have a great plan and then he will do something else and it's great. But I would say, so I am in, you know, youth ministry for the time being. I, my gut would, you know, wouldn't say that it's for forever, that it's long term or that I'm a like, quote unquote, lifer in youth ministry. But I would love to be part of helping in youth ministry for, you know, a long time. And so I think, um, so even going back 
to, you know, Sandy's question that I mentioned earlier, but like, is my life the best answer to the great commission? And so in thinking about that, like, I think I, I am praying, you know, to that end that, that my life really would be the best answer. And so I really do desire to serve the Lord and grow his kingdom with the passions and giftings that, that, that you know, the Lord has given me. So kind of re evaluating Lord, is that, is this still the place? And so the answer is, is yes for now. And so I think there are many different areas of ministry that can, you know, excite me that are not just junior high youth ministry, but uh, I think I'm just, I guess, trying to be faithful to this, this, you know, season that I'm in. Um, But we'll see. And I do feel like, you know, this can be a great, launching pad to whatever, you know, could be next, but, but also that he has placed me here for the the time being. So, yeah, and that's, that's good. And it's always, you know, as we say, it's, it's good and it's healthy to kind of evaluate, okay, what area of the ministry we're in and, and to try to think, okay, long term, and it's good to kind of, you know, cast vision for yourself and um, just try to, you know, look at uh, the gifts God um, has given you. And I know, you know, as, as ministry can be tough and some people say, you know, okay, Monday is the day they always want to quit and just after, <laughs> you know, a busy Sunday. And so I think it's good to just say, okay, look, this season of, of my life, I'm, I'm committing to this, you know, you know, if it's difficult or whatever, I'm still going to be committed. But at this point in time, you know, I'll, I'll reevaluate. I've heard a, a pastor kind of give that advice of just saying, okay, this is really hard right now, but we're committing to at least, you know, three years in this area, and then we'll reevaluate at that point. Um, so yeah, it can be hard to, to discern of, okay, is the Lord calling us somewhere else because things are difficult now, or is he, you know, instilling uh, endurance and perseverance? And so anyway, it's just always an interesting question to, to ponder and to wrestle with and uh, to hear other people kind of think through that. Um so look, we're wrapping this up, and like I said at the beginning, you need to get to Africa. Um, <laughs> but before before you leave, uh, could you give us uh, a resource recommendation? This could be a book, a sermon you just heard, um, blog post, uh, whatever that that's been um, helpful. I'm always encouraged by how often I get feedback from people of, of how helpful it is to kind of hear just books other people are recommending or other resources. So, uh, do you have any recommend recommendations for us? Yes. So I, so one great youth ministry book for sure is gospel centered youth ministry by Cameron Cole. <laughs> you you um, had to say that by the way. <laughs> little, little, little shout out. There we go. Um, and I think so a non youth ministry book, but just for basically any believer ever is new morning mercies by Paul David Tripp that his devotional, I think has been such a sweet tool in my own heart and life just to rest in the gospel every single day because I just think that that really is what our souls need every single day. And so not that that is what, you know, we should focus on a a devotional, but we should really focus on the uh, word. But I really love that devotional because it's just chock full of of just the gospel of grace and and scripture. So that's one thing I would say. Um, And then if anybody is in their first, you know, first few years of youth ministry and you feel like that you're you're failing. There's an article that I had the opportunity to like write on on Rooted. It's called Grace for the uh, First Years. And so if you're like me and you feel like you are a failure and um, need a lot of grace, then if you feel inadequate and and broken and weak, then 
um, just some more thoughts on on how the like gospel meets us mm-hmm. in that. So those are some that's, some resources. Yeah, that's excellent. I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and I'm always trying to uh, trying to remember the the website. Is it rootedministries.com? Is that right? Yes, I believe so. I can double check. Okay, yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely go go and check out um, your article. And, and I've heard so many reference, you know, Paul David Tripp's New Morning Mercies. Is it, I haven't gotten it and I have not even, you know, looked at, is it a daily devotional that goes through the entire year? How, how is it organized? Yes, it's a, it's a daily devotional through the whole year. So it's just a, about a one page read that's a quick, mm-hmm. quick read. And there's, um, it's just chock full of, the gospel mm-hmm. and, um, and kind of a different theme throughout each day. So it's, it's through the whole year. So there's a date at the top with okay. each, each day. Yeah. He's, I mean, anything Paul David Tripp puts out, uh, people are going to want to pick that up. I mean, he just has such a way of communicating. That's yeah. Excellent. So that's a, that's a great recommendation. And I know if Cameron listens to this, he's going to be glad that you, uh, you mentioned that. So maybe he can give you, I don't know, some royalties out of that. You could work that out with right. him. <laughs> um, well, Rachel, look, it's been great to catch up with you and great to hear your story. Um, I always say uh, to everyone, appreciate you taking the time out uh, to come on, but especially as you're about to catch a, a plane to Africa. So I hope you have safe travel there and hope it's a fruitful time. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. Well, um, and thanks to everyone for, for tuning in. Hopefully you're enjoying the longer format that we're offering in this season three. You can check out the timestamps to navigate the episode uh, better. Uh, we will uh, be releasing a new episode next week. I'm not sure who's going to be on, but be sure to tune in. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.